Let me just recap us. A dare. What about dad? Okay. All right. What a Jen. What about dad? Welcome back to What About Dad? TV recap and review. I'm Adair. I'm Jen. This week on the Salty Supergirl Review, we'll be talking about episode four, a themesa. But before we get into it, <laughs> I want us to discuss the business of the day. Jennifer Lindsay Montoya here. What About That? TV recap and review announced their new patron account. This is a great opportunity for the podcast to grow to new heights. If you like the podcast, feel free to follow us on Twitter. Shoot on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Maybe write a review. A little love goes a long way toward growing the cast. Back to you, Adair. Well, thank you, Jen Lindsay Montoya. If you are new to the cast and you can tune into us on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, Listen Notes. We even have some fun things going on on YouTube. So like and subscribe. You know what to do. Back to you, Jen. Twitterisms. This week, we are introducing a new section called Twitterisms. In an effort to build community, we are reaching out into the fandom on Twitter and pulling tweets from across the Supergirl universe. Today's focus is hashtag Guardian Code. Appreciation Day. We are, let me just be clear, we are Team Supercorp. Hashtag make it real forever, ever, 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 ever. Through and through. But we are not about perpetuating a toxic city throughout the fandom. Shipper's going to ship and respect that. So here is a tweet today from Totally Melinda, who is one of three Guardian Corpers. It's difficult being a Guardian Corper. You have to really fight for your space online. So here's a tweet from Totally Melinda, who is one of three Guardian Corpers on Twitter. God bless you. Hashtag Supergirl. I haven't fallen for a couple this hard since Captain Swan. I also like how Lena is misunderstood because of her family name, and James is misunderstood because he's a black dude. Hashtag Guardian Corp. Totally Melinda also writes, you mean, when are you going to end their dating and upgrade them to husband and wife? Hashtag Guardian Corp! Dun dun da da! Totally Melinda says, so when is the lovely hashtag Guardian Corp wedding coming? Lena in a wedding dress, and James in his guardian gray suit, hard eyes. And those were the Twitterisms. Thank you, Guardian Corp, for keeping us grounded. All three of you, we appreciate you. Stay tuned, because at the end of the cast, we'll be doing a dramatic pod fix entitled, We're Over by This Is Anna 47. The link will be in the description. And now, it's, it's time, time for the We have our favorite part of the day, Jen's dramatic synopsis reading. Alex Danvers, in pursuit of Mercy Notice Graves, 
Where in the world is Mercy and Otis? For poisoning the atmosphere with kryptonite while stilling with an internal coup within the D.E.O. Kara slash Supergirl wakes up from last week's crypto-como Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> to discover she's stuck in a Power Ranger suit, which is powered by TLC. Don't go chasing waterfalls. A.K.A. Luther Love. And is singularly the only thing in the quantifiable universe which can filter the kryptonite out of the car's system. Brainiac confirms he has the capacity for emotions, especially ones concerning Supergirl's well-being. I can't do it, Captain. I don't have the power. Jean meets Manchester Black, who is searching for his fiancée, Fiona, a.k.a. alien woman who was abducted weeks ago in episode one, American Alien. Lena and Brainiac need to come up with a solution to filter the kryptonite out of the air. One word, nanites. Agent Jansen gets a worm in his ear. Which is karma. And that's what happened on Supergirl. Conflict of the week. Agent Liberty has bedazzled aliens and unleashed them on National City in an effort to stoke anti-alien flames. Alex Danvers must stop them without the aid of Supergirl, who is stuck in a Power Rangers suit. You guys, this episode, let's talk about it. So let's get into Kara slash Supergirl slash Russian Supergirl. Oi. She's all of it. Jen, what were you thinking about her in this episode? Uh, I was thinking that I really, really enjoyed Kara's limitations because it enabled Alex Danvers, like... Alex Danvers' main cast, and it's been a while since we see, we've seen her really have a storyline which was evolved around her. So while Supergirl is stuck in a suit, you know, you really find yourself questioning, can Alex Danvers, you know, to this to this week's occasion? No, I get that. I, I you know, I like the fact that she was limited, uh, limited, limited, <laughs> English. She was limited, yeah, yeah. In, in her Power Ranger suit, which is, it's, it's a really an oxymoron. Because the Power Rangers, they can do anything in their, their power suits, I'm just saying. We're going to have to break this power suit down real quick. Um, I love Twitter so much, and I love how we have detectives, and I love how inconsistent the writers are on Supergirl. So if any of you guys saw the screen grab of Supergirl or Kara inside the helmet, <laughs> it pretty much proves that Lena Luthor knows Kara Supergirl. <laughs> it's my favorite thing, because it... It literally says on it that Kara is a Kryptonian, like in the lettering in her eyeballs. When it goes up to Alex, it's like sister of Kara. Like the suit can recognize people Kara would know. Facial recognition. Facial recognition. And then when Kara, like it says it <laughs> that she's Kryptonian. Like why would Lena just happen <laughs> like have that technology built into and it, suit and it because says a fucking genius it, because Lena Luther is a genius exactly but the thing is it doesn't say supergirl it says Kara <laughs> so like she's like not only does it say Kara but it says her like her Starbucks order it's like mocha latte light <laughs> with whipped cream and shavings of, of spearmint it's on top. so dumb but I mean god ugh, just Twitter thank you for finding that gem because like it just kept getting worse the more evidence showed up on that screen <laughs> I feel like I'm not a like a I'm a real professional on this topic of Kara's Power Ranger suit because 
I am a huge Power Ranger fan. Like, I didn't quit with dinosaurs. I went all the way to deep space. What was your What was your favorite back. one? The Turbo Rangers. You know, I was here for the uh, Rangers Time Force because I love that oh, love story. Oh, I love the Time Force. Are you with Jen? Yeah. yeah okay. That was the so best. I'm like a professional when it comes to Power Rangers, and when you add it with Supergirl, I'm like, oh, you guys, I'm ready for this. Are we morphing? Is it time? Let's do it. <laughs> so I was really excited for the Power Rangers suit. I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand why Scar was doing so much fighting in it, because Lena Luther specifically designed it with just enough energy to, in the case of an emergency, filter out all the kryptonite out of her body, but like not do more, you know. And Kara was really pushing her limits. And I feel like even if like Lena Luther added a double, another double A battery into the suit just to give it extra juice. Like it was, it was beyond what Lena Luther had anticipated, and I was like, "Cara, you gotta rest, child. You know, you really, really do, because this, this is literally keeping you alive, and and you need to think about it. Does the world need you right now, or does the world need you in general? The, you know, yeah, in the future. The thing, okay. So somebody had mentioned this, and I've, it's been bothering me for a while as well. I'm so glad a lot of us tend to be on the same page. Yeah. Um. Kara, on Krypton, was ahead of her, um, she was exceptional. She was kind of Cervanti, in a way. Um, she was in the same classes as Alex. She is younger than Alex. But because she's so smart, she was in, um, you know, higher classes, things like that. So... She's a prodigy. Yeah, I got yeah you. she's a prodigy. I'm kind of annoyed and kind of getting tired. I mean, God knows I love Lena and I love Brainy, but... Kara's actually not stupid. She's not all bronze. She has a lot of brains. She actually does know more scientific stuff, at least comically so, um, than they portray her in the show. And I kind of wish that they would make Supergirl a little smarter. Because, I mean, you can't have a sister like Alex know everything under the sun as well. And I think with the Danvers sisters, they've kind of dumbed them down and made them more brawny than brains. And I think you can be all of it. You can be attractive, funny, smart, and... Uh, you know, you be a badass. Russian. But yeah. but the thing is, um, a reason I mention this is because even while Carl's in her super suit and doing all this stuff, it would have explained away why she was being reckless with her energy saving. Because like somebody who might know more or like go off their gut, you know, that kind of um, uh, thing that a lot of leads do in action films. I was just doing it for my gut. When it goes past logic, it comes from the heart. Yeah, that kind of thing. It would have been cool. For her to be like, I know I'm only at whatever capacity, but I think if my molecular structure does this, then I can go a little longer. Like, give me, show me that she's a not just science. Yeah. a little science. Show me that she's being not necessarily, she's being reckless, yes, but she has a feeling that her knowledge is backed up by it. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, who doesn't want to know that Kara's smart too? Because when Lena and Kara have to go on, these kombucha dates, what are they talking about? Not just fashion, which is excellent, by the way. They're talking about, you know, other things. And I, I think that... Spice Girl reunion. I don't know. I just want Car to be smarter. I feel like they would be talking about that. Um, no, I agree with you entirely. Um, having a way for Cy uh, Car to be on the same page academically with Brainiac and Car... Or at least close to the same wave, like, maybe not... Yeah, no, 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 like, just understanding the science. They're, you know, they're they're using technical te technology that is beyond 
what we know, you know, human capacity, but they all seem to be on the same page. Yeah. I get that. No. Um, I, I, I thought that the actress uh, did a great job of doing voice work in the suit, because that wasn't her body. That was her stunt double. And I was like, it's got to be weird, you know, putting your voice on top of a well, no, super suit. Well, I mean, they're doing the ADR, which is um, really kind of cool. And I actually have to give props to Melissa for just having her face in a box with a camera and acting I like you're inside. I thought that was a great job. Yeah. yeah. I loved also the uh, third-person shooter uh, angle that they gave us. I thought that was really cool. It reminded me of all the video games that I play, just very, like, Doom-ish. And, yeah. Um, I really I enjoyed it. Cool. I, I got a, a, a Tony Stark vibe. Yeah. But you know what? It was so refreshing to see that in a woman. Like, it really was. And I, I, one of the things I, I really did get was how claustrophobic, like, I, I actually kind of wish they'd played this up a little bit more, that Kara is, has claustrophobia. Yeah. She's like being in small spaces. So what that would have meant to her being stuck in a suit temporarily, forever, um, how scared she was, well, you know? I, I wish we so- could have gotten that a little bit more. I saw somebody mention this because they go, oh, I'm claustrophobic too. They were like, if I was on life support and needed to be in an enclosed space, she goes... I would probably be able to get over it because my brain goes, it's survival, or I would stop thinking about the fact that I'm enclosed because of survival. Like, they were saying that some people's brains can get turned off, like, because she's in the suit for survival, she doesn't think of claustrophobia. Uh, But if she was, like, in a box, then that'd be a different story. I guess it's, like, tricking your mind into believing, but I would absolutely think that would have been interesting to kind of, for at least a moment, touch on. Uh, Also, a lot of, I'm kind of bummed. That we only got an episode of the suit. They hyped it up, even though it wasn't that great looking. It was super hyped. It was like at all the Comic Cons. It was only the, it was the one thing they wanted to talk about. It was yeah. like this cool ass suit. You know what it was? They were like, I feel like the show knew it was Power Rangers. They were like, but this is the only way we can excuse away Melissa Benoist not being here for whatever reason. Yeah. And they're like, let's just own the narrative. Let's make this the coolest fucking suit we've ever seen in our lives. And the audience, they're going to like, you know, think, oh, Iron Man, not Power Rangers. But the audience was like, no, girl, that's Power Rangers. And they put them right in the place where Power Rangers belong. That's true. And, I mean, I actually kind of wish I got a half season of Car in the Suit. Like, I really want to. Yeah. You know what? You convinced me, CW. I want to own this. I want to live in the Power Rangers suit for a hot second. I want to see what it could do. I want to see it fly. Um, I really wanted to see. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I really. I Okay. A few things. A little few gripes about the suit. Not that it's unattractive. A. I want Supergirl in pantsuit. I think that's going to be so much more functional. I think elements of the suit would have been great to keep going with. Um, because she can't be in space and all this stuff, we got to figure out the consistency of that. Like, is she ever going to be able to go to space? Can she be underwater? Like, she, Superman could do all these things, and she can do, like, one of them, <laughs> you know? I need If she's going to be Supergirl, I need it to make sense. Let's have her be able to get off-world eventually, because that can make more storylines or whatever but what i would love in regards to the suit uh you know possibly like what do you call it yeah have the pants and have uh all that stuff but what could have what they missed the opportunity on on this episode was a really really good supergirl fight scene because it's not melissa and they could have had just the stun double we could have had some really really cool looking um physical fight scenes and shot well because the actress wouldn't be limited to the fact that she's not a fighter yeah you would have melissa in the suit like giving faces and grunts and things like that 
which I'm. But she's good at that. She's good at. She's that. great at pulling face. You know. Excels. But I think we missed out on a really fun um, fight scene, and then have her like sh her suit shut down. But then when the suit booted back up, I would have loved to see more. You know. Although I, I did feel like there was a moment where Mercy or Otis they had like the gun against her helmet. I did feel like that was a moment where she did seem very vulnerable despite the suit. And, you know, the suit was flouted as like kind of like this fighting mech suit, which I'm down for. I love the mechness of this world. We've seen the Luther suit. We've seen the super suit. I love mechs. So, um, but like, I, I feel like it was actually a medicinal suit. So it, it kind of, it didn't have all the cool stuff that we thought it was going to get. Well, also, something interesting with the suit and the idea, they're holding a gun to Supergirl's head. I get she's weakened. I get that. But, like, are those bullets in that gun kryptonite bullets? <laughs> because she's right. still the yeah. woman of steel, so, like... It just might be headache bullets, you know? Yeah, like, you might get a so, headache if you get shot in the head, but I don't think it would kill her. I don't know. Yeah, what do you guys yeah, think about yeah. that? All right, moving on to her sister, because... Alex, right. as always, Alex. I, I do want to. I want to bring up uh, Kara, Alex, thing that I. So, what I liked about this episode was that we saw a, a different aspect of the Danvers sisters' relationship. We we've, we've known they've worked together for quite some time. This is the first time that Alex has ever been really the leader or boss of Kara. So we saw a different power dynamic at stake where Alex had the authority to tell Kara she could or couldn't do something. And I thought it was just more interesting. We've been watching these sisters for two years and how they interact in every kind of way, every capacity. It was so much more, it just, it, Alex being the DEO director creates so many more layer, layers than we ever thought possible. And I really, really enjoyed seeing Alex pull rank on Kara. And it also really made me wonder to what capacity Kara is an employee at the DEO. Because Kara has always, like, the, the show is always being like, oh, she's a reporter, but she's not a reporter. She's like an intern at CatCo, or she's like an underling at CatCo. She hasn't earned her stripes, right? So she's a, we assume she doesn't make enough money and that she has to live in the rent control part of town that's been, that's been made fact by an interaction between her and Lu Lena Luther. So it's like, how much money is the Dio paying Kara to be Supergirl? I kind of want to know. I want to know the logistics of her contract. You know, like, like clearly she's an employee, but, like, I don't know. How much money should you make for flying through the air, stopping crime, and fighting you know, evil baddies? I, I don't you know. know. Kara, they depict her as way more, like, below the income poverty line than she actually probably is she has two jobs and she works probably over 40 hours a week <laughs> just saying oh, it, it just it just really made me wonder about her role at the deo and what that contract might look like for okay. a private vigilante freelancer i really liked alex and uh car and i liked alex in this a lot because we see the desperation we see that she kind of is out of control because she's not sure about herself or she's not comfortable yet being the leader. But when she gets stressed out, we all know Alex does two things. She either kicks ass or drinks when she's stressed out. And I do have to admit, I'm kind of happy that they've cooled the whole drinking thing down because you'd think that now that she's running stuff and things aren't going right, you would see her with like a glass of scotch as she does or like bourbon. But they've 
they've cooled that down. So thanks for that. But, um, you know, her yelling at, at Supergirl, she wasn't yelling at Kara. And I think that's something people are kind of forgetting. Kara is a little problematic when she's Supergirl. She's very pig-headed. She's very much like, well, I can do this, so I don't need to do A, B, and C. You know, and Alex wasn't yelling at her sister. And I think a lot of people go, oh, well, because her sister has this dynamic. But it's much like how Maggie said, I love Kara, but it's Supergirl I have an issue with. I think that this is the first time Alex, and I kind of wish they didn't back away from it at the end of the episode, first time Alex also sees how frustrating Supergirl is. You know, it's like you don't take orders because you assume you're better or more capable. And she very well may be, but that's not the the order. See, Kara followed Jean because she respected him almost as a father figure and respecting her elders type situation. But because it's her sister, she's kind of just like poo-pooing her information, you know? So I don't know. I just think that Kara, or Alex is finally dealing with Supergirl and not Kara. You know, and she's frustrated. And she's like, just listen to me. I outrank you. You know, and I love the fact that she got in her face about it. I was here for it. I was like, yeah, sister. Ah! <laughs> I was all for it. What'd you think? I, I love that. But I also really enjoyed in this episode, Alex and John scene. So right after we see Supergirl's incapacitated, we see John get really upset. And it's like one of the things is he continues to be a huge advocate for Alex's leadership, he never says anything that imposes on it or says that he has a regret for giving up his power yeah. and giving it to Alex, which is something I really, really, really enjoy about this character. If anything, he questions his own resolve as being a peacekeeping force in the world and using his powers on, on a, a larger scale, but just for the power of peace. He's, he's Gabrielle this, this season. He's gone full Gabby. I really enjoy that analogy. Thank you. Um, you know, he's a pacifist. 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 Yes. <laughs> he's gone full pacifist. And I feel like, but he's never he's never been the kind of man who was like, I gave you power, now I want it back. No, of course. Because I see you're not doing a good job. But I feel like that is, that for him being in a paternal role, it is, it is something that I really enjoy that the writers haven't imposed on Alex. So what we get in the scene is really kind of showing Alex in power again, mm -hmm. where she's capable of putting away her personal conflict and comforting Jean in the moment. You know, she tells Jean this really great line, you know, you've been living your truth, you've been living the path, you're living the path of peace. And, you know, she really is supportive of him in this moment. And it was just one of those great space dad moments. What do you think? Um, yeah, I really... Uh, okay, I'm kind of here for this self-discovery. Like I said, I like the Gabrielle path of like, am I a pacifist? Am I a fighter? What am I? What am I? What am I? Because even though Jean is old Martian, he's still relatively young as a Martian. And we kind of forget that. And he's still ultimately trying to figure out what kind of Martian he wants to be, what kind of man he wants to be. Um, he's always fighting. He's always doing that. And I think he might assume like, oh, I'm a rough fighter, but really he's probably the most caring or gentle fighter <laughs> there is, you know, as far as like him and Alex share that where they can be extremely fierce, but they're doing it logically and they understand why they have to use force and things like that. 
So for him to question even his fighting and be like, well, you know what, I'll just be a pacifist, he's learning what the balance is. You know, you might be able to have be peaceful but still raise a fist, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And things like that. So I think he's on that journey. I'm cool with it. Um, I felt like both of these characters were a little outside their character. Alex has never been... Um, when it comes to her work, she's not unconfident. Uh, she knows what she's doing. Like I said, she, they hide, people forget this once again, dumbing down the characters to make them more brawny. Alex was not recruited to the DEO for her fighting skills. She was recruited as a scientist who just happened to be able to fight and her brains. And so a lot of her decision-making in the, the company is really logical based and then emotion and then like using her fist, you know, if she has to. So this whole doubting herself and, oh, did you make the right choice and all this stuff, it kind of just felt not like them. I think... It felt a little Grey's Anatomy to me. Felt it felt like, like, I, felt like I was getting a little Lexi. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it, it felt too boo-hoo, like was me. Year. Yeah. Especially for these two characters who are literally the other bad, like the other two main badasses. Um, I get Alex... You know, maybe having a, a moment of wavering, like, did I have, do I have enough help? Am I making the right choices? And then affirming that with Jean, but going, oh, what was me? Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm good enough, or you know, it just seems a little, a little extra. And speaking of extras, you wanted to talk about, yes, a group okay. of DOGs. Okay, I always think it's fucking hilarious when the actors address the extras, like. The extras are just living in another plane mm -hmm. in the DEO. They're just passing by in the background every day wearing black. But I find it hilarious. So in this episode, we get Agent Danvers, and she gives her DEO, I'm in charge speech because all hell is broken mm -hmm. loose. They have traitors amongst them. Supergirl is down. They're going to have to go against a much stronger villain. They ha they're just outnumbered, outgunned. And she's like, you need to stick together. And she gives the D.E.O. extras, like, a speech that she would give Kara. It's very Danvers mm -hmm, sisters, mm -hmm. Danversian moment. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious because it's, like, Alex Danvers, as the director of the D.E.O., is actually just kind of, like, giving you a super mom speech. <laughs> and I, felt, I felt good. Like, through the TV, it, like, it reached me. I felt good about myself after. I was like, let's do this! What are you stupid doing? Let's do this! Um... Uh, I, I also thought it was really funny when Alex was talking to Supergirl through the Power Ranger mask. Okay, oh, anytime where they had the, the, the mask lifted out and you could see Kara and the Tony Stark, you could see her face and you could see her emotions. You could she, see she was scared. But anytime they pulled away and showed Alex talking to Kara in her Power Ranger mask, I was just like, I was just laughing so hard because <laughs> Alex was giving that Power Ranger mask like all the fills and the power major mask was just like nodding along, but it was it was hilarious. <laughs> I know. It was, it was a little. I was, really enjoyed myself. I literally thought, good for you, Kyler. I wonder how many times you had to do this without cracking. She's up. never done it. She's never I never it. given there up. There had to have been a moment where she's like, I'm sure I look stupid. <laughs> like I feel like she was uh, like I feel like it just shows you her range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to a um, very important subject. Lena Luthor. Uh, <laughs> and Brainy. And Brainy. Okay. Lena and Brainy. Yeah. 
themes of Lena and Lu- and Brainy's interaction. What was their What would their tag be? L- Lena act. I don't want to give that a tag. Lena-ac? I don't need to launch that. I, I've never needed to launch that. Well, it's, I not, need... no, it's not romantic. It's it's a bro TP. They're freaking brain. TP. They're a bro TP, but they're not like a thing. They're a brain I don't TP. Even wanna... That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna put it back. Jen down. doesn't like anybody touching her her Lena other than Kara. So no, no, <laughs> that's not true. I I have no problem with Agent Corp. I have no problem with Rain Corp. You are correct. You are incorrect, madam. Okay. Oh, okay. I forgot about this too. Okay. 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 So, um, I will launch. I, I, Bad and I will launch that ship, but I just don't feel that from Brainiac and Lena Luthor. Although I love Jesse Rath. I feel like he's done such a fabulous job humanizing this walking computer character. Mm-hmm. And in a way that has made him feel authentic. Like, I always compare Brainiac to Wynn, because I feel like Wynn, he had a lot of like, ha-ha, see, ha-ha-ha-ha, yeah. like a lot of Broadway. Mm-hmm. He acted big when it, came with it, when it came to his acting. But I feel like, I feel that Brainiac makes everything very, he goes from analytical to emotional and small, and I really appreciate that in this actor. I saw Jesse Roth when he was in, he did a show... I think on the CW. It was like a space show, and he was an alien. Probably. Did you see it? I it have no like idea a, what you're talking about. You would have really liked it. It was like a space western. I forget what it was called. Firefly? <laughs> it had the chick who played H.G. Wells in it from... Um, oh, what where? Warehouse uh, 13. She was an alien, and she, she was like a bad ass in that show. Oh. And she was in it, yeah. And I think it had a few pe- famous people, but Jesse Rath was in it. He came from that. I'll have to, I'll pull it up for you later. Oh, okay. But anyways, um, so... Yeah, humanizing Lena Luther and the, and the Power Ranger suit, though. Okay, you you can, I'll let you talk about the boxes, uh. but talk about the Power Ranger suit for a second. So Lena Luther designs this Power Ranger suit. My only surprise was that she, she didn't make another. She didn't make a spare. I feel like Lena Luther knows Supergirl slash Card Ambers to such an extent that she made one a suit that would exact all the kryptonite out of a superhero Kryptonian's body, suck it out, you know, and the suit just had just the amount of energy to function. I just feel like it goes against all Lena Luthor to not make a second one of those suits. You I know mean, what I mean? Look. She is misprepared. It's like one Apple TV box under the other. All she had to do was reach under her purse and grab the second one and be like, here, Kara, I made a second one. I'm pretty sure How? she has a bunch of suits made for Supergirl slash Kara because she knows who it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but how could she have like not made two? Like, just think about it. Testing the first one, perfecting the second one. Yeah. There's got to be another one. Hey, anyways, and I anyways, say cheap, okay? <laughs> yeah, that was my only beef with Lena in this episode. But I think you have something to talk about. I mean, look, I tweeted this out, which is Lena's boxes. Because now we know why she comes off cold and hard, which we don't think she's cold at all. But. Uh, people think she is, and it's because she told Brainy to put those feelings that he has. Uh, hey, can we just talk about how funny her face was when she goes, are you crying? Like, very much a, a callback to there's no crying in baseball. That's what I got <laughs> when I when I heard that. And he's like, what? No, I'm not crying. You're crying. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I love that. She goes, put those feelings in a box, and then put that box in a smaller box, and then separate all the boxes and put them, squish them, damp down so you don't have any feelings. And this whole thing was very reminiscent of uh, Emperor's New Groove, which I will 
I will add that sound bite right now for you guys. I'll turn him into a flea, a harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant, 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 I tell you. Genius, I say. Favorite thing from the movie. And when she said that, <laughs> it had me howling. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lena. God bless well, you. Well, I, I liked it because it seemed out of left fields, and I feel like we don't ever get really angry Lena. But really angry Lena is like Katie McGrath with like Irish coming through. And it was like, oh, 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 inflection. I missed all of that. Well, I mean, the Luther but rage. I liked it. It's, it's a tough thing. But the Luther rage gets this Irish rage. But um, one of the things about this scene, like when you're looking at a scene as a writer, you're just kind of looking at what, you, you're looking at what the beats they're, they're hitting. And one of the things I, I noticed right away was she's like, I'm so angry I want to kill somebody. You know, and she inadvertently talks about, you know, she talks about what it would be like to kill somebody for using her technology for the wrong use. And I just feel like this is a giant foreshadowing. Huge. And it's like, it's like a stupid one, too. It's like, let me get a baseball bat wrapped it in Bob Wire hit you over the head with it because that's how like how how much I need to foreshadow the fact that I am testing the waters like they've been building this woman up with plenty of reasons to be angry for since for two seasons now mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is she's always right everyone around her is wrong and she just keeps getting blamed for shit that's not her fault and now she's like ready to kill somebody and if she does kill somebody, it will eat away at her humanity because she values her humanity above all else. She values human life, you know. She's always said she would never cross the line into full Luther. And I was like, well, really? Should it? You know, like, should she... If Lena Luther were to accidentally kill somebody, it would it really... Why should it destroy her more than say anyone else on the show who's killed somebody i know that's kind of a weird thing to say no, but no, like no, i get it like literally alex danvers kills tons of people and aliens she seemingly has zero qualms about it like an example a prime example would be the crossover <laughs> every time you every time i already know where you're going with it and it's so funny <laughs> you can do it what do you, what do you i mean it, it, tell me what we're talking about here the thing is and you are very much correct, uh, Jen. Lena, because of her name, if she kills a person who's guilty or anybody in general, even for self-defense, it's going to be off of their head. She's evil. She's a Luther. She's the worst. She's the worst. But we have freaking Alex Danvers on this crossover just decapitating people with, the, from a, with a gun. Just like, not decapitating, that's the wrong word. But point blank shooting people in the head. Not with like a green beam or like a laser thing. Full bullets. <laughs> just like pow, yeah. pow. And, like, no fucks given. I mean, that could be why she drinks so much, and that's her advice. But That's never know. been an issue. Never They've been never brought it up. Never been established. Like, literally in the crossover last year, Alex Danvers was shooting people in the head without a thought. And then the next thought she had was, like, oh, I slept with Canary. Oh, my God. I'm begging with an Aggie. She never stops to think about, oh, I killed somebody. Even if it was, like, a Nazi soldier. Like, that was a foot soldier. That person was misguided and probably had a family you know like like you know he was following orders but like i'm not explaining anything away i'm just saying there was a humanity on every side of oh yeah every angle of life you know and and alex she just freaking kills people all the time you know like 
I just feel like it is a giant hypocritical thing to say or do. You're going to allow one character such huge moral allowances and then the other, whole the other character to a double standard. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and even like James. I mean, I feel like James probably killed a few people as a guardian. Oh, totally. You know, he's always like beating up weed dealers. He probably <laughs> hit them a little too hard. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> We're gonna talk about Lena and her, uh, Lena and Brainy. To act, to be quite frank, going back to that little scene because it gets to how they solve the air crises. I am a little annoyed that they solved the air crisis in a day when it took a whole season to get the fuck rid of Monel. And the thing is, if they can clean the air, then guess who the fuck can come back? I'm annoyed. We're not even gonna talk mm. about it, it, but that bothers me. Um, uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See the problem. And <laughs> I'm like, so there's that. But I really do like the scene between um, Kate McGrath and Jesse Roth in that moment of put the boxes down, and that's kind of funny to me. And then right when he does it, I think it's such a so really good acting where you see him just, like, swallow it. You literally can see him put that box deep down, and then it just turns off. And you can see him turn off and go, oh, oh, well, that's helpful. <laughs> And then as soon as he goes, oh, that's helpful, he goes, oh, my God, I figured it out. And then it, because that emotion was clearing, clouding his, uh, you know, his mind and his brain. And I just really like that transition of, oh, I got it. We don't need one big vacuum. We need a bunch of tiny ones. And I was like, brilliant. That's awesome. She's like, brilliant. That's awesome. Let's do this, you know, and get down to it. I do wish, though, that they had a little callback scene of maybe them decompressing like maybe lena going and now's when you bring the box back up i just feel like i wish they'd had a callback scene where they explain what the hell a nanite is because i think a nanite is whatever jack spear was trying to create a few a while a few like last season remember jack spear lena's like first love Yes, like yes, a bunch yes. Of nanites. Yeah, he wanted a bunch of nanites to like heal things or whatever, and they pretty much. I'm sure she probably took his technology as soon as he died, um, and created something more. I'm but, sure he probably willed it to her. Just saying. No, most but, likely. Uh, oh sure. But I, I'm just saying, like, you know, nanites have been in this world, and they're assumingly like from Big Hero Six, the Disney movie. <laughs> same, same concept. Tie it all together. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. They do everything, they fix everything, they can kill you, they can not kill you, and in this instance, they clean the air. So, that leads us to... Wardrobe of the Week! This one was pretty clear, wouldn't you say, Adair? It was pretty clear, yeah. The outfit, the wardrobe of the week, absolutely. Take a moment to appreciate this super fly suit. This was the debut episode where we got to see the Power Ranger suit doing that thing he does um we saw it in the teaser at comic-con we all really really wanted to get see Kara fighting in the power mm -hmm. ranger suit Kara did have an epic moment where she pulls back the helmet and her hair is just like pantene pro v chic looks like she just washed it blow dried it and just like whooshed it out luxury that helmet does wonders i need to get me you one of those do the second wardrobe of the week Oh, oh, oh well, yeah. thank you. I am green with envy, much like this shirt that Lena was wearing, because it looked gorgeous on her as usual. 
Um, I really liked it. It was just like a nice, simple green shirt. Oh, wait. Was that shirt Kara's? Uh, you know what? After looking through Twitter, it's confirmed that both Kara and Lena were wearing each other's clothes. What the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> Jen almost just knocked over her entire setup. It was like I saw Brenda Strong walk by for a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, this has nothing to do with Wardrobe of the Week, but it's still really funny. Uh, on Twitter, there was some pictures of Brenda Strong in glasses. <laughs> I guess it is kind of a Wardrobe of the Week segment, and Jen almost lost her entire shit. Yes, <laughs> like, I was like, I did. I did, like, all the hard eyes. I was like, hey. Because she, she was like, blah, 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 hockey. And I was like, did you see this? And she's like, blah. And just went silent. Like, Jen, get <laughs> your like, jaw off the floor. Get your jaw off. Because as we all know here at What About Dad, Jen has a thing for mothers. <laughs> Guard your mama. <laughs> oh, lock them up. But anyway, that's the wardrobe of the week. <laughs> I'm so glad we get to spend time with that every week. Oh, it's refreshing. So good. Okay, it is refreshing. Um, Let's get on to our 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 Jean and Manchester Black, our new character. Yes. I'm loving. I okay. Let me just say, I love. Papa Space Daddy having a, a new friend. I'm here for it. I'm happy that any of these characters have new people to play with and talk to other than themselves. I get very bored when it's just the same, same old, same old. Uh, we were wondering what happened to Fiona and we thought the girl done got killed. And apparently she was kind of killed on life support, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. But the bad guys had her the whole time. And what a bummer. What, but be, how, what beautiful imagery that we got to see using his telekinesis. That was, I was here for it. Yeah. Jen, what, how are you here for the Manchester? They always give us the sands of Wakanda in his memories. Sands of Wakanda <laughs> in his memories. They really do. They, you right. They do. They you do. Right. Right. I felt like I was watching a Supergirl show with so much diversity. We had John, Manchester Black, Fiona, James. We had a lot of representation on the show. And it wasn't just a Mary, like we had British, uh, uh, African. We had, uh, I do believe she's uh, Indian. Indian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's Indian. It's like, it's refreshing, you know? It's like, oh, this is how it should be, you know? And it, it was just, it was so nice. And I feel like the guy who plays Manchester Black, I don't know his name, but he's nah, a good actor. Know. And I was titillated. Because he's been on my screen for like two seconds, and I'm already way more vested in him than I am in James. <laughs> and it's not like it's not like a James versus Manchester kind of thing. Nothing like that. I didn't think to compare the two. I was just like, this guy has had more things to do that are interesting than James's. You know what I mean? True. And oh, I, I and I, 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 I it was it was it was just like one of the things I feel about Jean is that. They were able to successfully take him out of the DEO and out of his role on the show. And they've been very successful redefining it. Like, yeah. week after week, he's not, not doing something that doesn't involve storyline A or will involve storyline A or isn't important to progressing the story. If anything, he's still a paternal figure to Alex and, and Kara. He's still relevant. And he's he's just bringing in new. He's like been a point for bringing in new and interesting characters like Manchester Black, and I just find that we we aren't wasting any time with John being on the show. It's almost like 
when we were watching Winona, everyone was like, is this Nedley's last season? Has he, he, he lived his life on the show? Or are they going to move on from this character? And then at the very end, they're like, no, no, we got this whole plan for him. Yeah. I feel like exactly. that was Jean. I feel like they have had, a, I felt that way last season when we saw Jean walking off with the hat. It's almost the perfect show exit where he gets to live and live happily ever after. But no, we actually get to see him participating in the community. And he's really that link between pedestrian and the world of super. And I think they've been really using him as a, as a great tool to bring in these characters. So, yeah, they've been doing all think, sorts of right by Jean. I think, um, yeah, and having him kind of using Manchester to help Jean figure out his middle ground is great. And then by figuring out John's middle ground, John's middle ground, Manchester's going to go off the deep end after losing Fiona, you know, and I kind of, you know, I think he's gone so pacifist, you know, side, and I think he's going to end up with Manchester going a little bit to the other side and then finding out, you know, getting to that middle and trying to bring Manchester with him. Um, also, I, I had a <laughs> had a bit of a laugh, and I guess that was my own internal thing, because the, the girl who plays Fiona is also on the bad place, or I'm sorry, on the good place. Uh, on the TV show, and that's about people being in heaven and hell. So the fact that she, her character in The Good Place is actually in hell made me giggle because when she died, I was like, well, I already know where she's going. <laughs> so I just got to maybe, it made me giggle. But um, it was definitely a sad moment when the character Fiona died, but I got a bit of a chuckle. I, I, my um, only problem with that is that it feels like Fiona existed just to perpetuate the character of Manchester Black storyline. Mm. Like, a woman dying so a man can become his best or worst self in a story. It's just like, we always get to see the woman die violently or painfully or die for the sake of the man's story growing and being bigger than her own. And I feel like that's exactly what they gave us. And that's the opposite of feminist. That is a trope. That is a chauvinist trope that we see in horror films and we see often in, like, adventure flicks the girl dying so the guy can realize his path in life and become the ultimate badass or whatever so i i was annoyed with that actually it's like mm-hmm. they could hey, have I done better by fiona why even bring her in if she's just gonna die horribly so manchester black and have pain and the thing That's is literally what i said i just felt like i, I felt like I, I didn't even care as much about manchester black as i did with fiona who had a more of a connection to jean from the beginning so losing Fiona felt more heavy than Manchester Black um, finding himself, you know, opposed to the anti-aliens, alien sentimist or nativist. Yeah. So I just, I just, I'm a little annoyed with that because it's just like, I wish Supergirl had the sense of self-awareness to catch themselves when they are perpetuating this kind of trope. Go on. No, absolutely. And I think that, it's kind of a running thing right now, as it always is in Supergirl, but, you know, use the girl as the, the plot device and, and things like that. Like, right now, we have Nia Nall, who's amazing and wonderful, pretty much kind of being a plot device for James, which, okay, can we just, we're going to take this moment to just say that James is greatly becoming the new Monel. <laughs> And in the idea of him being toxic and kind of an asshole. James right now is being an asshole. He's finally flawed, I guess. I mean, before he only had the flaw of being boring. But now it's just like one thing after another. He is directly 
and indirectly and and all these things just arrogant you know he uh, yeah you I just we it, finally nailed his flaw we were asking this question weeks ago yeah his yeah. character just, flaw is that know. he's a, he's arrogant it is you know I, I don't understand how this character's working anymore you're either gonna be Dio or he wasn't even Dio he was just Guardian who happened to help out but he was never Dio. He's Catco. He's a photographer. He's not even a journalist. He's a photographer. He's supposed to be taking care of Catco. We don't know why. Somebody else should come back in. Bring Snapper Car back. I liked him. Yeah, um, Snapper Car could have done a, a better job being the journalist representation CEO of Catco. Right now, James is a liability to Catco. He's a liability to the Dio. He's a liability to his friends, like, and to Lena and all these things. It's like... Right. That's why I say right because now, Neonal, her character is only perpetuating, making sure that we see how messed up he is. And it's kind of like, really? I don't know. It's just kind of annoying. I just feel like, it feels like that James is a liability to, well, let's, let's just continue with this. Like, So the problem with this episode was that James is not, he's a villager lately, but he, he doesn't work for anybody. He is not contracted with the DEO. And one of the things I, I caught was that he was in a scene with Lena and Alex. He was there at the DEO. Why would you have the CEO of CatCo who could, you know, if he's present at the DEO, basically get the scoop from a black ops, from an off-charted off element of the government, you know, there being exposed to all of this FBI confidential sector department, you know, why was he involved? He's not an employee. He doesn't work there. You know, he did he tag along with Lena because she actually had a job to do there. So it just felt like it was frustrating in this episode because we finally got to identify what his flaw was. And James is arrogant and what is what did he, what's his flaw in this episode he specifically didn't listen to women he doesn't listen to women he lena warned james about being the guardian when james was having a personal issue problem with the with the district attorney she's like this is a bigger thing you should take it seriously james is like my lawyer's fixing figuring it out i'm gonna still be the guardian you know and then nia nall james's underling james's the newest employee at Catco, you know, has the fortitude to just warn him, you know, in the workplace. That's her boss. That's a harder conversation to have. He still doesn't listen to her. And he, with all this bravado, talks about how a hero wins towards danger, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. It didn't stick with me. I'll have to, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to quote Melinda, totally Melinda. She probably knows exactly what James said. But um, uh, I just feel like, you know, the main issue I'm seeing with James, which is equates to Lames, the shipper pairing, Lena and James, of the true. I'm sorry, Guardian Corp. Everyone calls him Lames. Um, uh, I'm not sorry. Uh, is that it? Feels that this relationship isn't really progressing Lena Luther as a character, and it's also not or James really as a character. Pro progressing James. And in this episode, I felt like there was an astounding lack of Lane's interaction. Even in the moments where they're both in the same room, in the very beginning, you know, Lena's there taking care of Kara in her power suit. James is there 
They're literally standing side by side for the first couple of minutes in the episode. You would never know if you turned off the sound that they were a couple. Because it it's just like they look like coworkers. It's just so cold. But anyways, I don't need to shit on James because I'm sure it's being Twitter done. is doing it for me. <laughs> so go on ahead. Yeah. yeah, I think right now I, I get exactly what you mean a, a lot about. Uh, it's just hard because James had such the potential to be good and how they're using um, John and moving on his story and progressing his story. They just don't know what to do with James. I mean, I personally would love him to be a badass uh, reporter, you know, um, photographer, whatever, like the head of CatCo. Be the head of CatCo. And it's just because he feels inadequate as a man and whatever he's doing that he doesn't want to give up Guardian or he doesn't want to listen to anybody. He wants to prove it until it, it, it absolutely hurts him. Right now, he's not even helping anybody. He's being a detriment to everybody including himself, and he just refuses to see it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I think James Olsen, like, here's the thing. In the, they're going to be doing a crossover called Other Worlds or Else Worlds, where everybody's backwards day, you wear your shirt inside out, wear the other person's costume, uh, other person's chonies, whatever. You smell like them, you look like them, you get the haircut done like them, whatever. Does that mean we get Supercorp in this <laughs> AU, apparently? You know what? Because that'd be hilarious. I don't know. But I, I do know that, that they're case, bringing in Superman, and his whole other world is he's wearing, like, an all-black suit. I think Kara's mm-hmm. also wearing an all-black suit. I think that what they're doing with this other world, Elseworld, Elseworld, that's what it's called, is that they're, they're testing the waters to see if there is an audience for a Superman show. Which is fine, because they've casted Lois, they have Superman, and honestly, I think at this point, would be, We're it would too. be behoove Mercad and the character James Olsen to leave the mythos of Supergirl and go into Superman. So it would be a really good opportunity to transition this character, who's not really working in the scope of the universe, over to that other show, whilst bringing in his sister, Kelly, to bang Alex. Done. I, true. I think it actually might be, also, yeah, very smart for Mercad to go... Because he's also starting to make a little bit of a lot of trouble for himself within the Supergirl fandoms and things like that by uh, just not keeping his mouth closed, you know. And it might, yes, it might behoove him to move to another show or for the company. Well, it just makes sense to have James Olsen in the world of Superman. Go with his best friend. Go, go, go. Go be a photographer, dude. The CEO business, it's just not you, man. Yeah. And speaking of dreams and things that, like, hopes and futures and all this other stuff, we have Neo Nal in this episode who was, once again, kind of crushing it because she's like, hey, James, here's the, she's the the groundingness. She's like a little tiny Cat Grant. I wouldn't even call her a, a little bit of a Kara. I know that's how they framed her, but she's more of a Cat Grant. She's way more ballsy yeah. than Kara um, was. She is way more um, ballsy. I give you that for, like, seeing that in here. I agree with you, actually, quite a yeah. bit. I actually think, like, Nia Null is a great new character. And, like, Absolutely. season after season, you know, like, I think season three was a shit show and they didn't bring anybody really interesting into the show. But they did bring, they did bring Lane, Sam Arias. And I thought she was oh, my, she was so my much. favorite character. And she's who I would have kept around as another super, like, trying to make peace with killing her mother. 
Um, to be fair, they did want to keep her, but Odette had to leave because her husband uh, had something going on, so she had to go back home for that. But they did want, they absolutely wanted to keep Odette. That's why they were setting up the whole uh, Agent Sam thing. Well, I loved, I, I loved Sam. I thought she was a great addition. She's somebody who came into the show and made it interesting in every episode she was in. Like, I found myself, like, looking for Sam scenes. But, uh, you know, like, she's a person who could stick stick around. Uh, yeah. Lillian Luther could stick around for all the seasons of Supergirl and become forever. She it, just got a show. So she did. She I'm so sad back. about it. I'm going to watch the show, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but Nia Nall. Nia Nall. Back to her. Nia Nall and Brainiac, they just joined the cast this season. I love both of them. They have done nothing wrong, and everything they do is interesting and fun and new. And Brainiac is not the new win. Brainiac is Brainiac, and I love his emotions. But, like, it's just, like, this one character, they just cannot resuscitate out of the black hole of bad writing. You know? I, I, I like Nia because she's really a good glue. Like, there are some characters who glue tie everybody together and not very well. They make them kind of like, oh, they're just a plot device. Sometimes they are. But I feel like, okay, um, Nia and James, okay, we get... Really, he's actually a catalyst for her where we're seeing how her dream powers work mm. and why she's going to be called Dreamer. I almost feel like I think is great. if you had Supergirl be a show, but Melissa Benoist left the show, Supergirl goes into space, she goes home or something, right? You could do a whole season of Nia Nall acting the role of Supergirl, and I would be fine. Keep everybody else the yep. main, but Nia Nall could literally inherit the show and be the Supergirl part two like you know how batman has yeah. dark knight or batwing or what's the robin's other alias well yeah nightwing, nightwing. robin becomes nightwing i can i feel like nia Nall is a nightwing to Kara danvers and i i love it so yeah yeah no i think i think that that's great her and brainy and possible relationship there i'm and like lena sciencing the shit out of stuff still but she you know she mm -hmm. goes with Kara into the future too i think she's like a taffy not like a glue but i feel like nia is like a good taffy that kind of gets in the seams of everybody and is going to be such a positive She's interesting, you know? Everybody. She's just interesting. Yeah. She has a secret, and I love it. So, okay. Um, also, can we just say that we love that the fact that Guardian's now being used as a political prop <laughs> by the uh, yeah. multiracial alien outright? Yeah. Like, this is what you get for not listening. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like at the end of the day, I wish they would have scripted it. Just been like, I told you so, motherfucker. You know, like, give it to, give that line to Nia or Lena. The I told you so. Yeah. Let the, or even just a look like I told you so. Because what that does is it empowers the female voice. You know, instead of just being like, James is an asshole for not listening to women, it's like, ah, you didn't listen to me. I took my voice back. So, yeah, in that regard. Or even like something where James is like, damn, you're right. Like, I messed up. Take even ownership that he wasn't listening. And it's like, I was being pigheaded. Whoops. No, he doesn't have to Anyways. be perfect and recognize his faults. I just feel like. I feel like keep being an asshole, James. You're defining yourself, I guess. You're right. Whatever. Speaking of people who are ruining their own lives, let's talk about these villains. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so we have, in this episode, we had a whole bench of villains. Agent Liberty, Mercy Graves, Otis Graves, Agent Jensen. Okay. I Jensen? Think I, it's not Jensen, like the herb. I'm from the Midwest. Jensen. I can't even, like, pronounce things really well. Just kidding. I'm not. I just still can't pronounce things. Uh, um, okay, so 
is I, Mercy Graves. Mercy Graves and Otis Graves. Was it too soon? The death for the death. Yeah, 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 I think so. Oh my god. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were like, oh, oh, the death. I just feel oh. like it's atrocious because I feel like as much as you want to have these villains and they're pulling them from the comic, every time you kill one, you can't ever go back to them and make them stronger, interesting, better. You know, it's like, put them in jail. Why do you have to kill them? Because the Supergirl, the world needs its villains, you know? Like, you need your, you need, Mercy Graves has such a huge storyline in the comics that revolves around bringing Lex Luthor into the world. And she is so close to the family, like, Mercy Graves being dead should be a huge thing to Lena Luther, who considered her an older sister. Unless that was just all plot poop, you know, for us to, like, feel bad for Lena in the moment, you know? But I, I, I need to see a follow-up to that, to the deaths of Mercy and Otis. I always predicted Otis would die, but I, yeah. I thought Mercy would be there opening the cell as Lex Luther got out of jail. I thought that they were going to... I definitely think that they should have killed Otis. Mercy should have seen it. Also, that would have fired... Like, stoked her fire of rage. But then also got arrested by Alex. And then we see her maybe going into the cell where Lex would be. Like, that would have been a cool way to... Not even on this episode, just on feature episode. Cool way to introduce Lex getting out of jail when he walks past maybe in a holding area. Mercy. Yeah. And and we see that kind of like he sees her, she sees him, and that could set up something later for her to get out. I think that it would have been so much more powerful for her knowing her 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 brother's dead and to really. I I agree. Unleash that Mercy Graves, but also I saw Mercy Graves as like you know Kill Bill, how like Mm -hmm. they have the nurse and they have like that whole song where she's like the nurse, she's like the crazy demented nurse and she gets that mad fight with the bride. I feel like. Mercy Graves was one of the big bosses that was going to get killed or put in jail or whatever, but that was a bigger boss fight. That was a mech fight, you know? And, yeah, it was a mech And it was totally a, lot, a missed opportunity to cash in on that, which just tells us that they have a lot of confidence in what they're going to do in the, in the next part of the season. Mid, mid-finale, they have Elseworlds, and they have Lex Luthor, and then they have the final chapter of the finale. So they probably had too many villains again this season. But I just feel like, why even kill him? Just put him in the DEO jail and bring him back in another season. I'm a little annoyed because they chose to kill Mercy and Otis, who were very, very popular. A lot of people like them. To keep around Agent Jensen. And, well, yes, but they're going with the whole Parasite storyline again. They already had that in season one. Like, or I'm sorry, was it season one or season two? I can't remember. Where we already got somebody who was a parasite, who had this thing in them, who was str- as strong as Supergirl and, and you know, could mimic and all. Like, this is literally a recycled storyline. So why even do that? Like, have Mercy, have Otis still, who were, in, who were actually really good villains because she really was getting her ass kicked by him. Mm-hmm. Like, every time they were out, she was really having a tough time. Agent Liberty wasn't really no. doing all the pain. He's not a fighter. Those two, he's not a fighter. He likes to just—he's a good manipulator, but he's not a fighter. And so to have this seemingly kind of fake Bane type character, where it's like I was nothing until you put this stuff in me, and now I'm this big—we've done it already. We've—we've we've already done it. I just—I agree with you because they really teased Agent 
they, they didn't tell us, okay, I agree with you because they teased the shit out of Mercy and Otis. And we didn't even mm-hmm. know that Agent Jensen was going to be this big bad. We had no fucking clue. And I just mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like Agent Jensen doesn't live in the in the lore of Superman or Supergirl. He's just some fool they just made up. And and you kill, like, actual name villains. Yeah, you kill canon characters to perpetuate this nobody character who's going to get killed. To do a tired villain, tropey as fuck storyline. Something that we've literally already done on this right. show. It's not even I show. wanted to see Mercy and Lex. I wanted to see Mercy, what she means to Lex. I was shipping Lex and Mercy. Like, oh, she's a sister to Lena Luthor who's also banging her brother. I get it. I'm with it. I love how evil this is. You know, that's who Mercy is. She's like, she's the Ann Coulter with a gun, you know? And that's the, the, the she had the, both the ideology and the fighting ability. She could kick Lena Luthor's ass and she could outsmart Supergirl. And Otis was like yeah. the muscle. And it's without that, you really lose, you lose, now we're fighting putties, you know? You're losing, yeah. you're losing villains that were important. So I, yeah. I hope they have a plan because, you know what, Manchester's Black, Black is a great character and I can't wait to see him fight. But who's he going to fight? Agent Jensen? I don't give a shit about that. So Well, I think now he's going after Liberty. Ancient, uh, well, he's Ancient going Liberty. after Liberty, but, like, you know, he's got to fight some other people, but he's going to be fighting putties. He's not going to be fighting. Did you see that whole arms deal that he bought? He's like, I'm going to take the whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, he's, he's going to kill shooting putties. <laughs> Meaningless What do you extras. think about him potentially becoming a villain? Uh, I feel like I like the setup. I like the setup as much as I like the setup for Agent Liberty. I like mm-hmm. Manchester Black better. Yeah. It's it's the accent. It's hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the dichotomy between him and Jean, and it almost feels like Manchester... I, I could really see Manchester Black... I hate to say this. This is going to sound terrible. I find Manchester Black's charisma so much more interesting already that I could see him joining Super Team at the DEO as a... Like, being a bad guy who flips to good and joins Team Supergirl... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could see him doing yeah. that and having more of a place than James as Guardian does on the team. Oh, 100%. You know who he actually is already reminding me of? Who, uh, a character that I cannot wait comes back, I hope she does, uh, Sai. Yeah. Where, you know, you are a bad guy and you have this, but then you do have a heart of gold. Or like, um, what was that? What was her name? The um, electricity? Oh, Livewire. Yeah, like Livewire, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, we might not have you all the time, but you'll come back to help when it's important. Or, like, the DEO will come up against him occasionally, and it's always this back and forth of, like, living in the gray. You know, yeah. very much possibly even a setup for Checkmate. No, I would love that. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, here's... They did it again with Livewire, where they kill Livewire for no fucking reason. After they had slowly developed this character through the season, so it's always fun to see her come back. Like, Xena did this really well. They had, uh, what's his name, Campbell, Bruce Campbell, come on as the King of Thieves, and he wouldn't be, he'd be on, like, for, like, a couple of seasons. Like, he'd be on for, like, three episodes and do a story arc, and then he'd show up a season later somewhere else in his life. But it was always fun to call back to this Bruce Campbell, King of Thieves character who could live in the world of Hercules and Xena, and they did a great job of bringing these guys, recycling him back, and his trouble became Xena's trouble, and they'd go on a, a quest together. 
and it kept stayed fresh. It did, and I felt like Livewire could have been that, and so could have Mercy Graves and Otis as just like these bad guys who show up with some shit every now and then, give Kara some yeah. trouble, but then you know move off. I need that. You can't kill everybody. I think that's what I think that's what Manchester's gonna end up doing. And I, I think that's pretty good. Um, I would love to see Scythe back in that capacity. You talked about it real yeah, quick. exactly. If they, they wanted to grow Supergirl into, like, a Legends-esque uh, show, which I don't think you can. At, well, maybe. No, like, no, you can't make it that silly. No, no, not no. silly, but, like, making it into more of an ensemble. If you had to say, okay, who's on the team? I think that Manel's too polarizing. He's almost like Supergirl with her own his own ensemble team. He needs his own show. Mm-hmm. But you could be like, okay, let's look at the slate of characters. Let's do Supergirl, Brainiac. Let's do Psy. Let's do Manchester Black. You know, like, those would be interesting supporting characters who would give the world depth and a richness in background. Let's do John Jones, you know, like, and Alex Sanders. That'd be a great team. Obviously. You know, so just throwing that out there. You know, I, I think that you do need layers of kind of three tiers of characters. You have your main, uh, super... Uh, Alex, Jean, fine. Those are three. No, you have James too. He's the main as well. Well, no, no, no. I, I say that those three are the main because like they actually have something going on in their lives. And then you have supporting, which would be James and Lena. Even though we we love Lena and we would want her to be regular, really, I feel like she is a support because she's you know she's the Luther or whatever. Then you have Brainy, who is like you know well also the support it would be Brainy okay, and then we have me and all who is slowly coming up in the ranks. And then we have the the middle characters, the Manchesters, the size, the ones that can literally go in and out who are good, even Katniss, even, um, you know, what Luther, Lillian Luther, she's a bad guy. You're talking about reoccurring. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about like reoccurring who could pop in ever so often, maybe start some trouble, maybe help, but it's never a good or bad. They're just like there and it, Kind of could be a plot device, but also can be very interesting. And then you have, like, people we just don't need. You know, we don't need a Rhea. We don't need a, a Monel. We don't need other people. We don't need a win. You know, that kind of thing. But it'd be kind of fun to have fine characters who we can learn more about one episode, never see for another season. They come back and we're still like, oh, hey, that's awesome. I'm glad you're there. But it can get stuffy, man. Like, I don't know. I'm here for it. But let us let us move on and get to... uh our questions what about these questions jen do you have any questions for the audience um regarding this week you know and these this episode uh okay so my questions for the audience regarding this week i guess what were your expectations regarding the power ranger suit would you like to see more of it or are you done with it yeah yeah i have a question we kind of talked about but how long do you think John's going to remain peaceful? You know? Do, do you think it's going to be dragged out all season? Or it's gonna he's going to get over it pretty quickly? I don't know. Mm. Uh, you know? Yeah. I think also... I don't know. Do you have any other questions for him? Or? Um, when will Lena Luther find out Kara Supergirl or does she already know? Yeah, what are your thoughts? That'd be kind of interesting. Also, I think my last one that I have for you guys is when will, when do you think Alex is going to really balance out being a leader at the DEO? Like, how do you think this whole um, having a babysitter situation with the, the captain and all that stuff is going to work out? 
you know, because that seems like it's going to be pretty shady. Oh, I got one more question. Uh, what is what is the implications of James being coming a... What do you think the consequence will be for James becoming a leader of the alt-right movement? <laughs> uh, yeah, so make sure that you guys comment on our YouTube on our iTunes, our Twitter, we read all these things, um, and I would love to start a dialogue, like, more conversation about it, because these are some crazy times going on. Uh, Jen, let's get into what about those predictions. Predictions. Okay. Um, I predict, what do you predict? I don't know yet. I know, it's kind of interesting, because this week is kind of like, meh. It was kind well, of meh, I didn't so, really so see, like, the trailer... For the next episode, so I don't really have any idea what's going to happen. Oh, I didn't either, but I'm actually just thinking about the whole season as far as my prediction is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really hoping that me and all, you know, I'm, I'm just predicting that in the next episode there'll be a lot more understanding about her dream stuff. It's going to be coming too late. Um, I have a prediction that uh, on the heels of hearing about the, um, you know, alt-right movement, Guardian is going to be in some hot ass water, uh, which means I think that we're going to get a new character coming into the, the cat cone. Do you think that we're going to have a breakup between James and Lena? Hopefully do so. You, I mean, okay, do you think it's going to happen in the early half of the season, or do, what do you think that's happening? What's your prediction on that? I think that it's, I think that it's going to be a are they, do you slow think, Do you think they're headed for a breakup? breakup? Yeah, no, they definitely are, but I think it's going to be a few things. Um, much like how Lena did not tell James that she helped him, you know, be out of jail, uh, he's going to probably get upset and, or taken away uh, due to the Guardian stuff. And I think out of time, distance, and space, they're just going to realize that they're just not meant for each other. Like, it, hey, there are some relationships that don't end in fights or breakups that are, like, dramatic. Sometimes you just go... We are not in the same spot right now. I think it's cool that we just remain coworkers or whatever, you know? And I think that's kind of where they're heading because this seems ridiculous a little bit. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's so, like, there's such a lack of chemistry that I I forget they're even a thing. Like, like, I never, I don't know, I I guess see such a lack of interaction that I I don't even, there's no indication. If you turn the sound down, you wouldn't know they're a couple. So it doesn't really bother me so much. But I was just wondering if you think that that was going to happen. I guess yeah. I think there's an episode called, like, Truth or Lies or Secret or Lies, and that's supposed to be a heavy, we'll find some answers out in episode six coming up about the status of that relationship. I don't know why it bothers me, but it just does. I guess. I, well, because I, it's absolutely silly. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just felt like it was done so, to, like, incite, it's incited so much rage within the fandom that I wish it would just go away. Um <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So my predictions is that um, it will go away think? probably in about, by episode 6 to 10, we'll see an end of um, Lames. That's my thought. Yeah. What What do you guys think, uh, what are some of your predictions out there? Make sure you go to our uh, YouTube and let us know. Jen, what was your scale, uh, your rating for this uh, episode, scale 1 to 10? Five and a half. Ugh. Not yeah. enough Linux, Supercorp, Antraction, and I, I hate Lames, so... It's always going to have a, a, a point difference between us. Like, I get it. Full point difference because that exists. I actually, I gave it a six because I like Neonal and the Brainy and Lena stuff really got me. And 
Alex was really great. She's great. Uh, those are the strongest things. Oh, and Manchester. I liked Manchester. Uh, I like the power but suit. I, but I also can say I'm being a little generous. It might have been like a five and three quarters kind of. I'd give it a half, five and a half. I was being honest. Yeah. 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 But all right, guys. Any um, announcements or things that you want to talk about that we got going on this week? Not, not much, really. We're just going to be putting these um, these casts up. If you guys are not listening, check out our Charmed review. The show is not as bad as you think it is. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> we like Charmed <laughs> so much. It's good. I mean, I used to watch the old ones, and I'm here for it. The new ones, they're, it's coming along. So Plugging and checking. you guys stick with that. And I am still working on my legend stuff. Oh, trust me, it's going to get there. I think I'm going to do a, a bit of a new format with it um, from what I was trying to do, which wasn't working. So um, stick tuned for that. It will be showing up probably in the next four or five days. All right. So, Jenny, anything, any words to the, the folks out there? Yeah. Remember to like and subscribe to us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. And uh, also, that's it. Thanks for sticking around, guys. The time has come. I hope you guys enjoy our reading of We're Over. We're Over by This Is Anna 47. Summary. Lena breaks up with James and he blames it all on Kara. Lena finds herself at Kara's door. Is this because of Kara? You know this hasn't been working for a while, James. We've been drifting apart for weeks now. I'm just doing what's right for me. Yeah, and by what's right for you, you mean you're gonna end up in Kara's bed by the end of the week. Leave her out of it. What did she do to you, huh? She stole my girlfriend away from me. That's what she did. I said it before and I'll say it again. We've been drifting apart. Any feelings that I may have had for Kara are irrelevant. We haven't been drifting apart. You're wrong. James, are you blind? I've only been to events for the sake of appearances. You've got to notice that we've hardly spent any time together recently. We had lunch together two days ago. Yes, because you trapped me before I could get to Kara's desk. How did I trap you, Lena? You know what? I don't have to deal with this. We are over. I don't have to be here. Goodbye, James. Lena headed for the door, where she put on her jacket and left leaving a distraught James behind her. Lena didn't really know where to go. She couldn't just go home, but she didn't want to be alone. She can go to a bar, but she didn't want to be around strangers. She wanted to go to Kara's, but she knew that she probably shouldn't. Not this soon at any rate. But her body moved on autopilot to pick up a couple of servings of pot stickers before knocking on a familiar door. A familiar face opened the door with a kind smile to welcome her in. I wasn't expecting you to be here tonight. Weren't you supposed to be with James? I was with him. I broke up with him earlier. Are you okay? That's the thing. I'm fine. I was over him before we even broke up. I'm in love with someone else and I can't deny myself any longer. Kara led them both down to the couch where they both started to eat. So who is it? Said Kara, around a mouthful. It's you. Really? Of course, Kara. I swear, everyone except for you and James can tell. That sounds about right. I can be a tad oblivious. You can, but I love that about you. Oh, Lena, 
I love you, said Kara as she pulled Lena into a tight embrace. Kara dropped a quick kiss to Lena's neck before pulling away, staring into Lena's eyes. I love you too. Lena leant in and left a swift kiss on Kara's lips. Do you want to grab a drink sometime? I'd love to. And scene. <laughs> <laughs>